All right, and these are two form. These are the two things that are almost like the bedrock of what it means for us to walk with Christ, for us to grow in Christ. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Jensen, and uh, I am. Um, I'm so proud to be part of the One Heart family, and I want to give a very warm welcome to all of you to the 10:30 service, and a very very big warm welcome to those of you who are watching from the live stream, and those of you who are listening. To the podcast. Uh, for those of you who are watching from the live stream, I apologize because I have restless legs and I walk around. So you just have to follow the moving target. Um, so, and look, it's so good to see everybody here. And you know, I, I do not know about you. It, it seems like time is flying past very quickly. And before you know it, Hadley and Vanessa is going to get married. And congratulations in advance. And we're all excited. To looking forward to your big day, um, and I was telling a very lame joke on the nine o'clock service, saying that uh, you know we get the engagement ring and then we get the wedding ring and then we get the suffering. Uh, I know it's lame, and my the, the the talent to tell lame jokes and dad jokes seems to come naturally once you get kids, and you know it's just uh, it's just a downward spiral. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. Uh, so it is. <laughs> it is one of the inevitable truths, uh, but you know, I am I'm very happy to wear this suffering. I'm married to a beautiful woman, Sharon, in the front, and uh, ne- never ever look back. So yeah, congratulations in advance. <laughs> um, so I do not know about you, but I just felt that yesterday was Christmas, and now we are almost at Easter, and we were, I was... At one point, Sharon and I were tempted just to leave the Christmas tree on and we don't bother taking it down because before you know it, it's Christmas again. There, there's less work to do, you know, like until, you know, look after kids and do all of these things and then, ah, oh, we just keep the Christmas tree there. Um, but, you know, we, we did take down our Christmas tree, all right? For those of you who've been to our place, yeah, there is no Christmas tree there right now. But, you know, time flies, you know, time flies. And in our modern day society, it seems that we, we are just accelerating every day just accelerating in our lives. And one of the things that we are accelerating too is our, our texting. You know, when, when we text somebody, uh, we, we like to put abbreviations. We like to put all sorts of abbreviations, especially the, young, the younger ones, like, you know, the, your Generation Z, you millennials, you love texting. And, and I think uh, you, you've got this whole art of making sh- short abbreviations uh, down to a T. You know, like uh, some of the things that you guys text, I don't even understand. I don't, I don't even get it. Like, it's almost like a new language. It's like a new Morse code that I, got, I, I have to learn. And so I thought I'd have a dig at this, um, at, at this whole abbreviation sort of culture. And I've constructed a sentence out of abbreviations. And I'm sure the young people here would know exactly what I'm talking about. So you guess the sentence. Now, for those of you who don't know, I'll give you one minute. I'll give you 30 seconds to see what you think I'm saying here. And I think the young people already know right now what, what I mean. All right, I'll tell you. The, I'm going to decipher this Morse code for you. To be honest, in my opinion, so these are the things that actually people are texting each other. To be honest, in my opinion, I don't know what do you mean. Shaking my head, laugh out loud, just kidding. Thank you so very much. And that's, that's pretty much what I feel half the time when I see, the, see all these sort of short form of abbreviations. It's like, oh, gee, I'm really lost here. But... So I want to go along this line and introduce to you another abbreviation. It's called JWTL. I was like, what is JWTL? Oh, well, I'm going to tell you very, very soon. 
the very, very, the very first Christian abbreviation I was exposed to was WWJD, and that was like 20 years ago or something. It was like so yesterday that I don't think we even use it nowadays. So I thought I'd introduce to you something a little bit different, all right? And if you forget about it after this, that's fine. But if it, if it takes off, oh, well, I'm happy. All right. JWTL, all right? So let's discover what JWTL is after we read this scripture. I'm going to give you a bit of background to John chapter 14, verse 1 to 7, which is, which is our main passage of Scripture. So this Scripture was penned around the time when Jesus was having almost like a heart-to-heart conversation with his disciples. It was around the time of the Passover. It was around the time of the Last Supper when he was about to be crucified, about to be handed over to the, uh, to the Romans and being crucified. And he started telling his disciples about what is about to happen, what, is, what the challenges that's going to lie ahead for him and also for his disciples. And in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 7, let's read. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, Would I have not told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you, so that you will always be with me where I am, and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going. Sir, how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Like what Hadley said earlier on, the Jews, including Jesus' disciples, were hoping for a political messiah. They were hoping for a military leader back in those days to deliver them from the shackles of the Roman Empire. And they were hoping that Jesus is that person. And Jesus starts talking to them about him dying and all this sort of stuff. And prior to that scripture, Peter was saying, no, Lord, I'll die for you. And, and Jesus told him that before the rooster crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. Uh, and so they were hoping for a military or a political leader. And Jesus starts telling them all of this. And he starts telling them things like, I'm going to my father's home. I'm going to prepare a place for you and you know where I'm going. And then Thomas said the obvious question, no, Lord, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I feel sorry for Thomas. Because sometimes we, we paint Thomas as, oh, the doubting, skeptic Thomas doesn't believe anything. But there is a Thomas in each and every one of us. All right? When I, have you ever felt that you are in a, like a, in a classroom where, where, there's, where, where the, the person or the teacher was telling you all, this, this, all, all these things and you think everybody else got the, got the message except you? And it's like, oh, you really lost me there. And, uh, and it's like, you, you're too scared, too shy to say, I don't know, actually, you've lost me. You know, uh, but I'm so glad that Thomas asked that question. I'm so glad that Thomas wants to be sure, to be sure, to be sure. And he asked Jesus, no, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. So how can I know? And that led to one of the most powerful statements that Jesus has ever given to his disciples. And it's the same powerful statement that he's given to us, that he is the way, the truth and the life. The title of my message today is Jesus, the way, truth, and life, JWTL. So we are going to unpack what it means when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Jesus declared that to his disciples, that was a very clear statement. In fact, if you, if, if you actually look at it, 
it comes across pretty bold and pretty, in this day and age, can sound quite arrogant. Isn't it? When, uh, let, let's say you know, we, we have so much respect for Pastor Rob, and Pastor Rob is out here and then saying things, and then, we, and then suddenly Pastor Rob says, I am the way, <laughs> the truth, and the life is like, whoa! What do you mean? But that, and, and Jews, being a very religious culture, and they're like all about the law, and then Jesus, their leader, tells them that I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And no one comes to the Father, which in the Jewish culture means God, except through Him. It is a very bold statement. It is a very uncompromising statement. But that is the same truth that we're going to live today. All right? Like the world will tell you all sorts of things, but Jesus' claim still stands. That's still the truth. And we, we cannot water down the gospel. We cannot water down what the truth, what Jesus said. It is bold. It is clear. It is uncompromising. And I always wonder, why wouldn't Jesus just address Thomas's question? He said, Lord, show us the way. And then he'll say, oh yeah, you, you get to God by believing in me, blah, 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 blah. No, he summarized it to three things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's because Jesus is addressing the three most important longings, I believe, of the human soul through the ages. These are the three longings that every man, woman, and child longs for in our lives, which is way, truth, and life. And so we're going to unpack the first thing where Jesus says he is the way. In the original translation, the way means road. I'm pretty sure you know by now that we do not build a road from here to nowhere. We don't build a road from here in, in, into the middle of the AP into no man's land and say, yep, that's the road. We always build a road to connect A to B, connects an origin to a destination. And when Jesus says he is the road, it means he is the origin and he's the destination. So he is the start and he is the finish. And so when we follow Jesus, we are following a very secure path. We know where he's coming from. He was before the beginning of time. And he knows what is going to happen beyond time. And that is the security that we can rely on. Philip asked Jesus after Jesus said those words, show us the Father and we will believe. And Jesus said, believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me in John chapter 14 verse 11. Or at least believe because of the work you see me do. What is Jesus trying to imply to? Because the Jews have a longing to connect with God, to connect with the, the God of the Jews, the God where, where Jesus calls the Father. And Jesus is pretty much saying that you want to see the Father, you want to connect back with God. I am it. I am the destination. So Jesus confirms that he is the first and the last and he revealed himself to the Apostle John in the island of Patmos in Revelation 22, 13. said, I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. That sums it all, isn't it, friends? That he is the start and he's the finish. He is the road. And if Jesus is the way that we will follow, we will never lose our life's purpose. We will never lose sight of our destination. Because we know exactly where we're going. Because Jesus has already told us. Jesus, the way. Is Jesus the way for you and I? Is Jesus your way today? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Let's look at truth. The second longing of the human heart is the longing for truth. I'm sure you would agree with me that the last two years we've been 
we've been decimated with so much information, pandemic, wars, whatever it is. And it's so hard to decipher the truth out of it, isn't it? In, in, a, in a world where truth is so subjective, there is a longing in the human heart for the absolute truth. We need an absolute truth to actually guide our moral compass. We need an absolute truth to guide our decision-making. And when Jesus declared that he's the truth, the translation is actually true times truly truth. It's hard to describe it, but that's how it's going to be described. It means it's true, 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 true. Can't be truer than the truth. You cannot emphasize it even more when Jesus said that I am the truth. And if Jesus is the truth, means everything he does and everything he says goes. Everything he says, everything he does is the truth. And how do we know what Jesus said? Just look at the Gospels. Just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. How many times Jesus told you, told the people back then, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Just look up your Bible and you can see how many times Jesus says, I tell you the truth. Because only Jesus has exposed the truth of the depravity of the human heart because of sin. Only he exposed the emptiness of religion without power. Only he has exposed the futility of actually chasing after material wealth and power and leading to nothing. Only he has exposed our need for a savior. Only he exposed that whatever we do with works, we can never connect to God and only through Jesus Christ. And so he's telling us the truth. And when we follow Jesus, we're going to allow his truth to guide us. We're going to allow his truth to live in us. And do you know that when you let Jesus live in you, in you and I, his truth is going to coincide and it's going to supersede your truth. Because there are a lot of things in our world today is, that is true. Because we cannot deny that each and every one of us would go through hard times. We will go through sickness. We will go through trials. And Jesus' promise to us through the truth is going to come alongside us and it also supersedes our truth. That means that I might be sick and it's true. And that is the truth. But there is a greater truth that sits beside us and supersedes it that says that I am your healer, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you are having a financial problem, your situation is true. You can't deny it. Christians are not walking in the clouds. You know, we are, we are, we are planted in reality, but we know there is a greater truth that sits above and comes alongside us where God says, I will provide for you, that I will feed you, that you will never grow hungry. And so this is the truth that will follow us when we let Jesus be the truth. God's word is the truth. What Jesus said is the truth. James chapter 1, verse 23 to 24 says that the word of God is like a mirror. And when you see the mirror, it will show you the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then what you do about it. Because James is saying that if you look at the word of God and it reflects who you are and you walk away and not do anything, it's the same thing as looking yourself in the mirror and walk away and forgetting what you look like. And so the word of God is a reflection. It's a reflection that compels us to action. And the word of God is also a lamp to our feet in Psalms chapter 119 verse 105. I like, I like the way it says that God's word is a lamp because the lamp will tell you what is directly in front of you and what is around you. And so the word of God will illuminate 
the situation around you. And it also, in that same psalm, it says it is a light to the path. That means it shows you what is ahead. It doesn't just show you what is in front of you, immediately in front of you. It also shows you what is 10 steps ahead. And that is the beauty of the truth of the Word of God. And so if Jesus is the truth we base our lives on, we will never lose our perspective. When everything we go through, we will always see things in the light of God's perspective. That we have still acknowledging the situations and the challenges that we go through, but we also acknowledge that God is still in control. That God has His truth that supersedes our truth. Jesus, the truth. What about Jesus, the life? The word life, in when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, it means vigorous absolute fullness. And if you look at the Strong's Concordance, it actually has, it's so hard to describe life. But I think you know when a person has life. I think you know when you can describe a person that is full of life. But to really describe the word life is so difficult. So I can, the only best thing I can do is to make it, I can summarize it to being just vigorous, absolute fullness, absolute satisfaction in life. John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus says, The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, which is abundant life in other translations. Jesus wants to give you and I an abundant life. And it's not just living forevermore, but it also is a quality of life. It's a quality of emotional life. It's a quality within our mental life. It's a quality within the inside. And it's nothing to do with material possessions, it has nothing to do with whether you're going to live to 80 years old or 100 years old. On saying that, Jesus has also conquered the physical death because he's the only one that has died and rose again. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, he says, I am the living one. I died. But look, I'm alive forever and ever and I hold the keys to the death and the grave. And so Jesus has conquered death. And that is why we celebrate Easter. And that is why we celebrate that our Savior is risen. And that He can give us the life in this life, the true meaning of life in this life, and the life to come as well. The Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 summarizes it all that when we allow ourselves, when we allow Jesus to live in us, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If Jesus is the source of our life, we will never lose our peace because we know that we can still live a fulfilled and satisfying life despite of what we have, despite what we don't have. We can live with the satisfaction that Jesus is more than enough for us. Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. JWTL. By claiming that he is the way, Jesus says, if we make Jesus the way, we will never lose our purpose and we'll always have a direction in life. And if we let Jesus be the truth that guides our every decision, we will always have perspective. We will never lose our perspective and it will give you clarity. It will give me clarity in every single situation we find ourselves in. And if Jesus is the life, he, over, he guarantees us the peace that the world cannot give and we'll never lose it. And we'll always live a fulfilled life. No matter where we are, no matter 
the state you are in. Even if you don't feel it, Jesus promises that you will live a fulfilled life. JWTL. I invite the musicians to come back. So what will be our response? Knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If Jesus is standing right here in front of you and has made that declaration to you that he is the way, the truth, and the life, there is no ifs, ands, or buts. He is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. History always paints Jesus as many things. He paint, the history may paint Jesus as a, a good guy, a good prophet. He may paint Jesus as just a nice little hippie guy. But the claims of Jesus is as clear as day that He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's only two things that you and I can do when faced with this claim. Do we either believe everything He says or are we going to reject everything He says? Because you cannot stand in the middle. Because when, when Jesus says He's God and nobody else can come to God except through Him, it's either you're going to say, Jesus, I don't believe in you, you're crazy, and you walk away. Or you're going to say, Jesus, I believe everything that you say, and I'm going to entrust my life to it. And I pray that today, that you will say, I believe. I pray that today, every person that listens, is listening in the podcast and watching on the live stream, and every person in this place, will say, I believe, Jesus. I believe in what you say you are. And I want to receive you into my life. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes just to give privacy? I want to offer this opportunity to the people in this room and also for those of you who are watching and listening that if, if some parts of this message has resonated with you and, and you felt that, that drawing that yes, this is what I've been searching for. This is what my soul longs after. And I want to make you, Jesus, as my way, truth, and life. And I want to give my life to you. With every head bowed, every eyes closed, and only me that's looking, if that is you, can I get you to raise your hands? Thank you very much. And... If this is the first time you are going to give your life to Christ, even for those of you who are listening and watching, I want to go through this prayer with you. I want to help you to be able to connect back with God again, to connect back with the one true source of life, which is, which is Jesus Christ. And can we as a church pray this prayer that I'm going to put on the screen? It is a little bit different it's a little bit different to our usual prayer. I thought I reworded it, so that it so that it makes a bit more sense and it's just a little bit different. So why don't we say this prayer together? If this is the first time I mean it. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess that you are the only way, the only truth, and the only source of life I can have. I believe that you came and died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again from the dead and you are right here where I am. I acknowledge that I have sinned against you by rejecting you all this while. Please forgive me of my sins. I receive you into my life as Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving me and making me a totally new person the moment I believed in you. Help me to walk and grow in this new life 
you have given me from this day on for the rest of my life. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. And if you said this prayer for the first time or if you said this prayer for the first time after a long time, I can guarantee you by the authority of God's word that you are a new creation and that you have been what the Bible says, what Jesus said, you've been born again. You are a totally new creation. And if that is, and, it, and this happens despite what you feel. And this will happen despite, what, despite all the questions that lies in your head. By the authority of God's word, I can, I can say that you are born again. And if this is you, I really want to encourage you that even if you haven't put up your hand, that after the service, come and talk to me and come talk to Pastor Rob and the leadership because we want to give you some resources to help you in your new walk. And even those of you who are listening and those of you who are watching, if this is your first time, I strongly encourage you, just give the church office a call this week so that we can connect with you and give you resources. Because that's what we are here for as a church, that we are here to help you. We, we, we are here to help grow you as you know, the church has grown me and we're going to grow each other. I also want to issue a challenge to all of us who are believers in Jesus Christ. You know, Easter is a great time for us to reflect back to the fundamentals, the foundations of our faith, what, what it really means for us to be a Christian. And sometimes we can get ourselves so, so wound up by the, you know, by, by just doing church, doing life, doing all sorts of things. And I'm glad that in this time in Easter that we can actually refocus again. And we need to ask ourselves the question, is Jesus still the way? Is Jesus still the truth? And is Jesus still the life? In your life or in my life? Do we try when, when things go bad, do we turn to Jesus as the first way? Or do we go and do our other things? Do we have another preconceived ideas that has crept in that, that pretty much says that, Lord, if I do this, you'll be happy? Are we trying to go back to salvation through works? Or are we coming back to the foot of the cross and say that only Jesus? Are we still using the truth of Jesus Christ to guide our decisions? Or are we trying to base our truths on social media, on the, web, on the, on the internet, or what other people say? Are we still allowing the life of Jesus to live through us? Are we still allowing the presence of Jesus to saturate our lives? Are we still allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to give us that peace that He's promised us? So as we stand and as we worship, it is my challenge to you and I that we always make Jesus our way, truth, and life. Shall we stand and as I pray, and once I pray, we will sing a song and we'll burst. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, you are the only way, the truth, and the life. I pray that today, that as we worship, that you will open our eyes to see again, Holy Spirit, that what it really means to have you as our way, truth, and life. In every circumstance, I pray that for, for my brothers and sisters here, wherever situation they find themselves in, that you remind them that you are still the way. You are still the solution. You are still the truth. And you are still the life. We ask this in Jesus' name.